Welcome to the Peg Leg Podcast, Stories with a Limp, by me, Greg Marshall. Stories of a limp when they reveal my imperfections and mistakes. They tell of experiences that humbled me, that taught me, and that inspired me. And not just me, but guests that I'll have on as well. I don't assume my life is more exceptional than anyone else's. That's not why I'm sharing these stories. I'm sharing them because I don't want to forget them. I want my daughters and my grandchildren to know them. Each one has a small gift in it, a gift I've received that I'd like to share. When you listen, it's sort of like peeking into my diary or eavesdropping on an intimate conversation. My hope is that these stories contain clues for how to do life well, how to move forward with confidence and compassion. These won't be the best stories you've ever heard, but they're true, and they've changed us. This first episode, just call it Trust, and it's about words. When I was about 16 or 17, I was caught shoplifting. I was at a Best Buy. I was in the habit of stealing pretty much whatever I could. Clothing, CDs, whatever seemed exciting or convenient. It wasn't because I needed to. It was more that I found it exciting and kind of got addicted to it. But on this one day, the security person at the store was watching me on the camera. And as I tried to walk out of the store, I saw him approaching me. And so I quick turned around and tried to take the CDs out of my belt line and put them back. And I made a beeline for the door. And as I got to the door, the security person ran over and blocked it. And I knew I was stuck. So I let him take me back into the manager's office and they called the police. Officer Rodriguez was called. And at this point, I knew I was nervous about how my parents were going to respond, but I still felt pretty chill about it until Officer Rodriguez called my dad. And I'll never forget, the phone was ringing. Hello, Mr. Marshall? This is Officer Rodriguez. I have your son, Greg, in my custody. And then the officer told my dad what I did, and... The officer was quiet for an uncomfortably long amount of time. I was wondering what my dad was saying. And the officer said, yes, sir. And he hung up the phone. I turned to the officer and said, what did he say? He turned to the manager of the store and said, you can let him go home. His dad's going to take care of it. And at that point is when the fear started entering in. And I was thinking to myself, wait, aren't you supposed to like take me someplace? I'll go anywhere but home. You take me to jail. I do not want to know what my dad is going to do to me. And the officer wouldn't tell me what my dad had said on the call. So I got, they just let me go. I walked out. I left the store. Got in my car where my friend was waiting for me. And I drove home going the speed limit. It was about 25 miles home. I went under the speed limit. And it felt like I got home in like a second. I called my mom right away. Telling her what happened. 
asking her to intervene and check with my dad and tell him it really wasn't my fault and I'll never do it again. And it was the first time I'd ever done it. And my dad got home. My mom said, okay, but she didn't really call my dad. He got home and I felt so nervous. He came up the stairs. I was in the living room. He came up the stairs to where the living room was. He told me to sit down. He pulled the chair from the kitchen. He brought the chair over to where I was. He sat down. And he, he just looked at me for a while. And he asked me a question. He said, Greg, is there anything that you've ever needed that I wouldn't provide for you? And I said, no. And then he said, you've broken my trust. It's going to take a while to earn it back. And then he stood up, put the chair back, and never mentioned this situation again. I never stole again. His words somehow went straight to the core of who I am. And it shifted something deep inside of me. And as I think back as to why those words were able to go into my core... I think it's because it wasn't just the words that I heard. It was all the stuff before the words. And not just the stuff that day, but in my life. He didn't yell at me all the time. He didn't use a lot of words really ever. But when he spoke, I knew that it would matter. And then it was the fact that like in the moment, he didn't lose his mind and just yell at me and throw a bunch of words in my face to make himself feel better. He chose the most important words he could and he said them with authority, but with calmness. And then after the fact, didn't treat me differently, but believed that I would have received what he said and I was either going to earn his trust back or I wasn't. But it wasn't going to change the way that he respected me as a human being. There's a lot of gravitas to that for me. So I listened. And I wanted his trust. And I worked for it. I stopped stealing. When I <laughs> fast forward, many years go by. A lot of things happen in my life and in his life. And that... That day has always stuck with me to this one point where I was in my 30s. I'm 40 right now. When I was in my early 30s, mid-30s, doesn't matter. I, was, I got a call from a guy who was about 17 or 18 years old. And I had been mentoring him from the time that he was like 10 or 11. And on this night, I remember he called. It was kind of late. I sat down on the steps leading up to my room, talking kind of quiet because I didn't want to wake up my daughters, who were very young at the time. And he said to me, Greg, 
I'm dropping out of high school. I can't do this anymore. And I'm telling you, in that moment, I felt like there were so many words in me that I wanted to say to, to communicate to him why this was a terrible decision and why he shouldn't do it and to convince him. But that conversation with my dad when I was that age about my shoplifting, it was vivid in my head. And I thought back and I'm like, okay, like wisdom is not to say all the things that make me feel better. Wisdom is to seek trust and connection. And that means rather than saying a bunch of stuff, I got to ask a question. And, and when he answers, I have to listen and choose my words carefully so that I have a connection with him. And so I said, simple question, why do you want to drop out? And he told me, he told me a bunch of reasons. And I had to listen and let those, his story kind of enter my heart, sort of wear his story. And I felt a shift in me. And I said, well, I was thinking to myself, well, the most honest thing I can tell him is I can see why you'd want to drop out. And so that's what I told him. I said, I can see why you would want to drop out. If I had gone through and experienced what you've experienced, I probably would want to as well. And I just left it there. And I'm thinking, man, there's so many things I want to say right now. But I'm not sure my words are going to go to the core place. And I have to wait till I know my words mean something. And it was interesting because it was kind of quiet for a while. And I just said, so what are you going to do? And I meant, like, after you drop out, what are you going to do? But he thought about it in general. Just what am I going to do? And we left the conversation with no resolution. And then a few days later, he told me that he was just going to change high schools and see if he could find a better path. And he ended up graduating. It's just, it's, it's amazing to me how often we miss this. And I miss it too where I just say words to satisfy this need to say words. But with wisdom, we realize that it's not the most important thing to just get to say the words that we want to say. What matters is trust and actual connection. There's this old Hebrew proverb that basically says, people's words are like a deep water. But wisdom is like a bubbling brook or a flowing stream. And what it means is we can use a lot of words and it can even look and sound beautiful like a big body of water. But it's tricky because we can't see what's underneath the surface all the time. And that can be dangerous and harder to trust. But wisdom is like a bubbling brook or flowing stream because it's useful, it's clear, you can see what's in it and what's under it, it's not going to trick you, it's just good for you, and it's good for the land that it flows through, you can drink it and not be worried about what's in it, because you can see. Like I said, I don't always get this right, but something I care deeply about is earning the trust of people, Choosing my words 
so that I can actually have a connection and have traction with people instead of just trying to say stuff that makes me feel better. I hope you're encouraged by the story. I have a lot more I want to share. And again, honestly, it's not just for you. It's more about telling these stories so that my my children who are very young can know these stories that I'll probably forget as time goes by. And even after them, if my children have children, I just want to capture these stories so that they have these little gems to take with them if they ever want to take the time to listen. But that said, if you did listen to this, thank you. Keep listening because I have some pretty crazy things I want to share, stories that I want to capture, and I also want to bring on some really amazing friends and acquaintances of mine that have some uh, pretty wild stories as well. Peace.